Welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. I'm Joey Roberts. You can show up on your competitors' pages, then you have a very qualified lead visiting that page and seeing your ad, right? It's different when you're advertising on a keyword because on a keyword, you might have people who are generally interested in that theme or you know that keyword, but they may not actually express the full intent of what they're looking for or they, or they want. Ritu Java, welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. Amazon advertising is one of the hottest topics right now, and you are co-founder and CEO of PPC Ninja. You've been winning Amazon hat contests and best speaker awards lately. I love it. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Joey, for having me. I love being here, and it's so cool that uh, you have this podcast just for women. This is so cool. Like I just love what you're doing here. It's amazing. Oh, thank you so much. So, you know, as an Amazon seller myself, and I do coach people, PPC, which is Amazon advertising, pay-per-click, PPC, it's pretty challenging right now. Like, why do you think that is? Like, what is going on with Amazon? Yeah. So, uh, you know, this morning I had a mastermind uh, with a bunch of Amazon sellers, so like almost 50 of uh, of us. And we were talking about, uh, you know, how many ads show up on the the search results page. Okay. So people had to kind of guess and some people said 10, some said 15, whatever. And then we actually did a count and it was 21 ads on the search results page, the first page, right? That was okay. But then we went to the product detail page and we asked, okay, how many ads do you think are showing up here? <laughs> Can you guess? The options were 10, um, 100 and 250 plus. So <laughs> any guesses? I don't know, 10? Okay, so the answer is actually 400. So we have more than 400. Yeah, we have more than 400 ads showing up on the product detail page. They're just tucked away. Because you're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. So so those, yeah, and it actually says how many pages. Like it says one of 58 pages or one of 300 pages. So I've actually seen up to 300 pages of ads, like horizontal ads. So regardless, like most people are seeing at least... uh, 400 ads on the product detail page and at least, I don't know, 15 to 20 ads on the the main search results page. So that's basically new, right? When it wasn't uh, this competitive, like we used to just uh, be able to sell very easily. Now it's like so many distractions. Amazon loves giving people recommendations. In fact, they give you recommendations right up till the point when you're checking out, like your checkout card also has ads, right? So that's also like telling people, oh, there might be these other deals that are cheaper, better, whatever. And so it's not that easy anymore, right? So that's probably one of the biggest changes that has happened and it's crept on us pretty slowly and we probably didn't catch it uh, as Amazon was adding more and more placements because people want to, you know, push ads. Um, so I would say, you know, people who can master their PPC and figure out ninja ways, uh, that's, that's what I like to call them, ninja ways, <laughs> ninja ways to kind of um, promote yourself without like, you know, breaking the bank because PPC is expensive. Hey, Average CPCs are like almost a dollar right now, dollar, dollar ten, fifteen, something like that. So 
It's um, very competitive, getting more and more so. And uh, most people are seeing a shift in the um, the amount of sales coming into PPC versus organic. It used to be like something like 2080, like 20% PPC, 80% organic. Now it's like 60, 40, you know, 60% coming from PPC, 40% from organic, which is crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, I like that you have ninja tips and strategies that we can <laughs> dig into today because the other side of this is you really have to run PPC. You you can't sell on Amazon unless you're running Amazon advertising. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those those ninja tricks are basically looking for low-hanging fruit where other people are not focusing their attention on and we want, you know, just to to try and diversify a little bit so that we're not all fishing in the same prou- crowded pond. Uh and I think in my mind the the biggest crowded pond that we can uh think of right now is sponsored product keyword targeting. It's the most crowded. People are investing a lot of time in keyword research, getting those keyword-based ads set up, and they're all competing for the same slots, you know? And yes, because people believe that, okay, if I have um, uh, these favorable spots, then, you know, Amazon will give me uh, rank juice and, you know, give me uh, relevancy for, for those keywords, which is true because majority of the sales do come in from sponsored products, but then they miss out on everything else, right? The sponsored brands that is sitting right up above your product, uh, you know, product ads, and people don't take advantage of it. It just drives me nuts. Like, why don't people create more sponsored brand ads? Well, and they're so pretty. Those sponsored brand ads just look so nice. You can't help but click on them. Amazing. They are so amazing. In fact, now the sponsored brand spot is actually uh, taken up by sponsored brand video ads also, which is another kind of cool thing that we really love. We really love to create sponsored brand video ads. Um, the thing is that you can set those up if you have a store landing page. So you can create a, a video ad and have it go directly to a store page. And then it's going to show up at the top, which is really, really cool. It's like amazing real estate. And why wouldn't you? Like it's a no brainer, but people aren't doing it, you know? Well, it is a little bit more work because you have to create the video and you have to make it for an ad where it's very easy to set up, you know, your exact campaign sponsored ads. Exactly. That's the reason why people don't go beyond the, the basics and they're, they're stuck in just being able to do the easy stuff. Uh, with the video though, I just want to mention that, uh, you know, I've been able to create video just by using Canva. I mean, you just use Canva video and you can just put together like uh, three or four frames. So, it's not hard at all. Like I could do it in 10 minutes. Uh, so create frames and then just drag and drop images and create transitions, just like you do in PowerPoint or something, create transitions, add music. Again, all of this is free. With a free Canva account, you can actually build a video ad in no time and download it as an MP4, put it up on Amazon and you're done. You don't need anything more fancy than that. All you need is a moving picture. It could just be a slideshow almost. Brilliant. Yes, that is such a good ninja trick right there. Just put it in Canva. And then you can do that video of your slider with your photos. And then when you're ready, change out the other video, but you should be taking advantage of video. Yeah, I would rather take a crappy video than no video at all. <laughs> like, it's fine. Yes. I mean, people are posting video just using their cell phones, uh, user-generated content. There's just so many ways to create video. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to not do it, right? And as you said, you can always swap that video out. Now, uh, Amazon actually allows you to swap out videos after the fact. You won't be able to do it on ads 
that were created maybe last year. I think they made the transition sometime this year, maybe March or something. So any new videos that you're creating are already in the new format that allows you to easily swap the, the assets out. And then you can do A-B testing and, you know, fun stuff like that. Oh, look at that. You can just change out the video on the same. You don't even have to recreate an ad. You just upload it. Beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so we are talking about the big pool of keywords that people go after. So I'm guessing, um, I'm not the PPC expert, but I do run my own PPC. But I'm guessing when there's this big pool and everybody's running the ads, one of the ways you could stand out from the crowd is to actually go into your missed keyword opportunities as one of your strategies to uncover potential keywords that have been overlooked where you can win sales at. Yes. Yeah. So I, you know, I generally like uh, to look at the search term report. The other thing I look at now is the search query performance report, which is this new uh, report from Amazon that gives you organic data on the top 1000 keywords or search terms that you are relevant for. And Amazon just gives it to you and it ranks it for you in some sort of sequence, which is like pretty cool. So they know that the most important or valuable word is number one and, and so on. So what we're doing right now is we are trying to do a, a map, a gap analysis of what we have, uh, what we're seeing in the search query performance report. And we're matching that to what we have already as created um, keywords, like exact match keywords. And you know, we're looking at the gaps and then we're saying, okay, these are words that we need to cover, right? So we do ad coverage, right? Um, the second thing is your search term report is constantly giving you new words that you never imagined someone would type in the search, uh, search bar. And those can be harvested from your auto campaigns, from your broad match campaigns. Um, and then they can just be, um, you know, you can just create manual campaigns with those. Um, and that's pretty cool. And there's many ways to create new campaigns uh, with harvested keywords. If you feel like it's it's a pretty strong word, you can actually put it in its own campaign by itself. So like a single keyword campaign. And that's another strategy to kind of uh, just focus all of the budget, 100% of the budget on just that one keyword. And sometimes, you know, you find just mediocre keywords, but they're converting and that's fine. So you can just combine those um in smaller campaigns of no more than like five to 10 keywords per, uh, per campaign. And that's, uh, how you can kind of harvest and then, you know, keep building out. You know, PPC is not a, a static <laughs> job, as you know, it's like there's always new keywords. There's always new keywords and there's always old keywords that are dying and uh, new coming in. And, and so it's a pretty dynamic, um, kind of operation, uh, for someone who loves PPC. It's like, it's game, man. It's game time all day long. <laughs> yes, it is game time. And so the search query performance report, um, first, you have to be brand registered to get that. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, it is definitely something that's uh, that's being rolled out slowly to everybody. I think now uh, at least all the people on Seller Central are getting it. I don't know about Vendor Central. I think Vendor Central is a little bit delayed or they have a different version of it that, that not everybody has. So yeah, if you're on Seller Central and if you're brand registered, for sure, you're going to be able to get that uh, report. Um, and it's it's gold. It's like and how often? So it. I, I mean, I've looked at my report, so I know that it's so fun to see the way people are finding my products because I wouldn't have thought of that exact way to phrase it. How often do you suggest that sellers pull that report? 
so it depends on how you're looking at your data and how you're trying to analyze it. So there's two ways of looking at the search query performance, broadly speaking. So the first way is to just look at it as a snapshot uh, where you're just seeing, okay, you know, in the last week or whatever, or the last month or whatever, these were the top 1000 keywords that Amazon felt were relevant for my product. And then you can do a gap analysis. That's fine for a snapshot. But the moment you want to see trends in your data, you can't just do with snapshots alone. You've got to stitch your snapshots together and make a time series out of it, which basically means you want to see month over month trends, right? So if you can kind of stitch together your search query performance, um, and I'm actually Amazon provides a very convenient way of stitching things together because they actually add an additional column in your search query performance download, which is the date column, the date when you, or the date of the, you know, of the, the period or whatever. So that can help you kind of stitch things together. If you put all of them, if you stack them up together in an Excel file or in a Google Sheets file, then you can create a time series just pivoting on the date. So on that date, uh, you know, this was the aggregate uh, for this keyword and it's, you know, fun analysis, you can do that way. Recently, we were able to use that particular, um, you know, month over month view to find out how search volume for a certain keyword had dropped by 50% almost. And we couldn't have seen that in a snapshot. We had to do like the month over month analysis. And we found that this keyword was actually some something like 80,000 searches per month. And wow. because of Amazon's, uh, you know, latest, you know, autocomplete algorithm changes or whatever, that 80,000 keyword was down to like 30,000 or something like that in search volume, which was like only visible because we saw three months in a row. So I would say, uh, you know, search query performance can be used in two broad ways, but then within that also, there's many, many use cases for how you can actually go deeper and analyze more fun stuff there. Wow. So it seems like when you're going to analyze your PPC, it's all going to start with this report and then you build from there. It is definitely very important because the uh, PPC flywheel and the uh, organic flywheel are kind of uh, related, connected. So you want to find out what Amazon is giving you uh, relevancy for and then making sure that's pulled into PPC. And on the other hand, you also want to make sure that whatever is converting on the PPC side, you want to pull that back into your listing so that the listing then starts to reflect what PPC is showing. And so it's like a flywheel that uh, kind of you have to complete. You know, it doesn't automatically happen. It does to a certain extent, but you can accelerate that process by being aware of, you know, all the components and seeing how one thing impacts the other. Yes, I love it. So it's like taking the full uh, 360 view. And yeah. I get that a lot with students like, you know, I have to figure out first for them, is it a traffic problem or is it a conversion problem? And what, what are your keywords? So there isn't a quick fix. You really do have yes. to stay on top of the analysis. Agreed. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah. I know. So how did you get into wanting to help Amazon sellers specifically with PPC and creating PPC Ninja? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, so I actually used to be an Etsy seller. So years and years ago, like this was in 2012 or something like that, really long ago, 10 years ago, <laughs> when there wasn't even advertising available on Etsy. I was an Etsy seller back then. And um, I realized that, you know, just, just by putting up a listing, uh, it, you know, there's no guarantee that people will just kind of start flocking to your listing and buying your stuff. It might be sitting there with like zero impressions, you know, and that's what right. happened to me. Like, I was like, oh my God, no one's coming to it. Like, why am I not getting any views? <laughs> <laughs> that was my first thing. I was like, 
wow, I have such pretty stuff. Why aren't people buying it? Uh, by the way, I used to sell jewelry back then. So I, I used to, I used to design them and I, I used to manufacture them and stuff. So everything else was working uh, offline. Like uh, I used to go to like these fairs and stuff and my jewelry would sell, but on uh, Etsy, nothing crickets. So then I realized that, okay, you've got to do a lot of things to, to drive traffic. Like you said, you have to have traffic and then you have to have conversions and then you start to see the, the results, the flywheel uh, moving. So I had to teach myself advertising. I had to teach myself Facebook marketing and Google ads and all kinds of ads. And I had to create my own YouTube channel. And then I had a blog and I did all that stuff, you know, just to make sure that I could get like some eyeballs, you know, some eyeballs to my, uh, to my store. And then uh, that's how I got kind of interested in data because I was like, gosh, this is all about data. It's all a data problem. You know, like if you can figure out how to use the data, then you can actually uh, start to leverage it. And data is gold. You can actually start to do the right things to make sure, uh, first of all, you know where the problems are and then you can take action and, and kind of double down on what's working and then back off of what's not working and leave all emotions aside. You know, it doesn't matter how pretty your your stuff is. You've got to see the numbers. You've got to read the data, right? So that's how I got really interested in data. And so that actually uh, brought me to the next phase of my life where I actually went back to school. So this was, I was in Japan at the time. I lived in Japan for 17 years. Wow. I was uh, running my Etsy store from Japan, by the way. And so that was like, okay, I'm going to go back to school. So I went, I went to the United States and I, I enrolled myself in a data science program. Uh, a year-long program so I kind of started you know learning the nuts and bolts uh, uh, kind of from scratch um, got very uh, lucky with uh, an opportunity to work for an Amazon seller and then uh, kind of got into the Amazon space and I was like oh my god this is amazing and the community that's even better you know the community here is like so caring and giving and um almost like non-judgmental, I would say, like uh, many, there's so many people that get an opportunity to kind of shine uh, here. So I think it's, it's a really good uh, environment to be sharing and learning from each other. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just got into Amazon by accident. And then I'm like, okay, this is my, my space. I love this stuff. I love my PPC. I love my, uh, you know, just the data stuff. And so then five years ago, uh, we launched uh, PPC Ninja with two other, uh, so there's three co-founders. We lost, launched uh, PPC Ninja and then um, it was uh, you know, basically software first at first. And then we added in the services uh, part of it. So we started managing people's accounts because they couldn't manage it for some reason on their own. They were like, okay, this is too hard. You guys do it. And so we started offering that service. And then I also started mastermind groups. I started um, teaching PPC um in groups and um you know this is our 34th cohort that's going on right now wow uh, yeah and it's been going on for like what since the beginning of 2020 so every two months we start a new one so it's a four week long program people enroll in it they join in one one hour per per week we have homework and interactions and stuff like that and then once we're done we kind of you know, disband, but then we're, we welcome them back again if they want to come. Otherwise, like new people keep joining all the time. So it's like, it's like a fun kind of uh, thing that's been going on for a while. So yeah, that's kind of my backstory. I love it. So what happened with the Etsy store? Um, when I left Japan, it no longer made sense for me to continue that. I just uh, left everything. I closed the store. Uh, my inventory is still there in Japan. I'm actually a permanent resident of Japan, so my inventory is hanging around there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm here in Canada. I just became a citizen last week. So, yeah, it's... it's Congrats. Just, thank you so much. Yeah, it was uh, an eight-year eight, eight year, um, 
eight year long journey, uh, you know, leaving Japan in, you know, 2015 and now here in Canada and now citizen. Um, but yeah, so I had to close my Etsy store. It wasn't viable at all. Like whatever, uh, sales I made there were mostly me paying for the shipping and <laughs> the cost of everything. So I was literally paying to, to sell my stuff because of the logistics and right. how practical it was to ship from Japan. But it was all a good learning experience. It is. And then you find Amazon. And I think this happens with a lot of us who come into Amazon. It's yeah. a cool space. It's very innovative. And then the community is really welcoming and everyone's very helpful. Like we all want to help each other's businesses. Yes, exactly. That's what I found. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Even when, you know, we all do a lot of the same stuff, but I still like to say we, we partner instead of competing and that's special to the Amazon community. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. We, we have so many like, uh, webinars and, you know, um, panels, etc., with our competitors and they don't feel like competitors because there's, you know, there's so much going around. I, I don't think there's, um, any stealing of business or anything. There's enough, there's plenty for everyone. There's the abundance mentality. So I like yes, that. I like that. The abundance mentality. I say there's room for all of us at the table and especially yeah. anybody who wants to sell. I'm like, there is so much room for more and more Amazon sellers. So everybody come on in. Yeah, exactly. I know. Um, jumping back into PPC and we're talking about competition. Let's talk about competitors as a PPC approach. So it's like if you identify your top 10 competitors for the search term that you're going over, um, how does that play into a seller's PPC strategy so that they can outperform their competition? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think, um, you know, our competitors are actually, um, uh, you know, bringing in shoppers into their funnel, right? So we have to figure out a way to kind of tap into their funnel so that we can steal sales from them. Mm -hmm. And the best way to do that is through ASIN targeting. So I like to think of the visual of like, you know, like a rubber tree with like these, you know, kind of um, collecting bottles like <laughs> tied to the tree. So, you know, it kind of oozes rubber into rubber liquid. But, you know, it's like that. If you can show up on your competitors' pages, then you have a very qualified lead visiting that page and seeing your ad, right? It's different when you're advertising on a keyword because on a keyword, you might have people who are generally interested in that theme or, you know, that keyword, but they may not actually express the full intent of what they're looking for or they, or they want. But when they're actually when they make it to your competitor's page, then you know that they are a qualified lead. So I like to think of uh, this funnel as being a very, uh, you know, kind of highly valuable, uh, you know, funnel because, uh, you, you know, half the, the job is done. They paid for uh, the shopper to show up on their page and now you're just presenting your uh, offer on their page and then you can maybe, you know, kind of steal that sale from them yeah you know, especially if, if you have a coupon running or your price competitive then all the more uh you know the reason to kind of go after those competitors that have a worse offer than yours your offer your offer could be better in many ways it could be better because you have a coupon it could be better because you have more reviews it could be better because you know your price is better or whatever if yeah. these criteria are met 
which means you have a better offer, then by all means, go and show yourself on your competitors' pages so that you will be considered uh, over them. Right. So that's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is, okay, if you have this massive competitor that has, you know, thousands and thousands more reviews than you do and their price is kind of lower than yours or whatever, you don't want to waste your money uh, showing up on their page. So you want to actually not try to, you know, capture that audience unless you're desperate for traffic which, you know, okay. you could do some things to kind of lower your bids and make sure that uh, for a competitor that is stronger than you, you don't kind of go and blow your money. Uh, you just maybe, um, you know, just see if there's anything that's different and uh, differentiating in your offer that people might be attracted to, like a different image or something that is more attractive, I guess. Uh, and And maybe try that as well. But for the most part, you want to try and uh, narrow down your targets to those that are more likely to convert than less likely to convert. I like that. And you touched on measuring the funnel performance to make sure that your PPC campaigns are effective and also for understanding your PPC campaign. So what metrics should sellers focus on when they're looking at their funnel performance and how do they optimize it? That's a great question. Yeah, I think uh, the number one uh, KPI that I would look at is conversion rate. So conversion rate is this idea that, um, you know, you have certain number of conversions from the audience that came to your website. So in other words, um, not website, your page. So your order is divided by your clicks or orders divided by sessions. That's the way you would calculate your conversion rate. So if your conversion rate is not so great, which means uh, you're bringing in a lot of audience, but there's very few people that is that, that are actually buying from you, your conversion rate is low. You don't want to spend too much on PPC when you have a leaky bucket like that. So you first want to fix your leaky bucket and make sure that your conversion rate is uh, at least six or seven percent. You know, if it's not that much, then you're likely going to be spending a lot on PPC to to bring people to your page and then leave the, and have them leave you. So, so I think that's the number one. Um, you know, a uh, thing to look out for when it comes to the funnel. Uh, there's other funnel metrics that you could be looking at. For example, uh, what is the new to brand ratio? Uh, how many people are new uh, in the mix? Uh, or is it the same old people that are coming to your, uh, to your page and, and you have no more? Is your, is, is the well drying up or something? Or, or are you getting uh, newer people, uh, you know, attracted to, to your, to your offer. So if, if you have that measure going and that's mostly uh, applicable to sponsored brand and sponsored display ads only because that's where Amazon gives you that metric. It doesn't give you for sponsored products for some reason. So with sponsored brands and sponsored display, if you see that your new to brand is not growing, then, you know, you can start to tailor your, uh, strategy to kind of have, uh, more upper funnel, um words you know like an upper funnel word would be something that is broader than a very long tail specific word right you want to have both in the mix you want a little bit that goes towards upper funnel words and the majority going to long tail words that will actually give you the conversions right so you want both in the mix so so those are two ways i would look at kind of the funnel 
the other way to look at things is that you know you have impressions you have clicks you have sales and then you have repeat purchases so those that's basically your funnel at each point what is the conversion rate so from impressions to clicks is the click through rate uh, clicks to orders is the conversion rate and then orders to uh, repurchases is the repurchase rate so those are the three rates that you should be familiar with one place to look at is the brand metrics view that will give you a good idea of where uh, what where you stand with these three and for the repeat purchases for PPC, is there tactics and strategies to get your customers to come back and buy from you again? Absolutely. Yeah. So there's one ad type, the sponsored display ad type that lets you uh, target people who have purchased from you in the past. So that's a very convenient one. It's the uh, it's called the purchases remarketing um, it's a, it's a setting, actually. It's an audience type within sponsored display. Um, and it allows you to kind of go after people, uh, in different look back windows. So, for example, um, someone who's purchased from you in the last 30 days or 180 days or 365 days, you can bring all of them back. Uh, you know, they say that, uh, a previous shopper or repeat purchaser is like nine times more likely to buy from you than from, uh, someone else because they're familiar with your brand. They've already invested in it, right? So, uh, it's always cheaper uh, to bring back someone who knows you and knows your brand. Uh, so definitely that's one of my favorite tactics with sponsored display. Um, the other kind of remarketing is not really a purchase remarketing, but it's called views remarketing. In views remarketing, you're basically going after people who have visited your page or one of your competitors' pages and has not yet made the purchase. So you're, you're basically attacking them in that window when they're still considering the purchase, but they haven't really completed their action. Luckily, Amazon gives you that data. They tell you that these people have not made the purchase because they don't show the ad to those who have already made the purchase. And so you can reach after that pe that audience segment as well, which is pretty cool. I like that audience segment because they looked at it and they haven't bought yet. And then going back to people who've already purchased from you, you know, as a Amazon coach, you should if you have repeat purchases, you have to have your subscribe and save turned on so that you can capture that. Still good if they haven't turned that on to market. But I always think it's a home run if you have a product that somebody can subscribe to. Like, that's phenomenal. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's just some incredible insight. I do have to ask, what were you doing when you lived in Japan? Just going back to your personal story for a second. <laughs> Yeah, so I was actually working there. I used to work for a tech company. I'm an engineer by background, so I was working for a tech company there. Uh, and then when my, my, my son was born, I, uh, switched to, uh, doing a lighter job, but it was also a tech job in a, in a school. I was in the American school in Japan. I was working in the, um, uh, tech department there. So basically I was working and this was just my side hustle. The uh, Etsy store was just a side hustle. Okay. Awesome. So you do. So you have a yeah. technical background. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I like yes. it. All right. So let's move into budget for PPC and large PPC budgets. Um, and like, I, I'll let you define what is large, but I just want to say, this is like one of the things I get. It's like, how much am I going to spend on PPC? I don't have a large budget is what I hear. And I think there's an, just an intimidation factor of I'm going to now have to spend money and I don't know exactly how much it's going to be. So it's kind of a challenge for sellers, especially if they do have limited resources. 
And also, sometimes you're competing against your competitors who have larger PPC budgets than you do. So what's like a creative strategy or tactic that to kind of like level that playing field? I love that question. Um, so, you know, when you have limited budgets, you obviously want to pick the right um, ad type to go after. You don't want to splurge on something that's going to suck all the, the money away. And there's also some settings that you need to do to make sure that Amazon doesn't prioritize, you know, uh, the wrong KPIs. Uh, so l let's talk about that uh, in just a, a, you know, a little bit more detail. So which ad types do you think would give you the most reach um, and which ad types would be the most expensive. So, uh, you know, auto campaigns, um, although most, most people, uh, fear auto campaigns because they can kind of go and they, <laughs> they can run with your budget and, and you wouldn't even know. Uh, it's, a, it's, it gives you a lot of exposure, but it also can, um, kind of, uh, eat up a lot of your budget. So you want to set up auto campaigns very carefully by actually splitting them out into their four uh, parts, which is the close match, loose match, substitutes and complements. You actually want to set up four different campaigns instead of one, right? By default, it's all under one umbrella. When you create an auto campaign, you get one thing with four, you know, sub things inside it. But what you want to do is re replicate that into four and then pause uh, one of each, right? So just leave the auto uh, close match on and pause the other three and so on. So that's how you get like a split out auto campaign. Uh, with auto campaigns, you want to make sure that your uh, loose matches are bid lower than your close matches. Your com complements are bid lower than your substitutes because uh, complements are things that are complementary. Loose matches are things that are loosely affiliated with what you're selling. They're not the thing that you're selling. They might be stuff that people might consider if they're looking for, let's say, um, bed sheets they might uh consider uh pillows or something or matching something because they're kind of buying everything for the room or whatever together right Smart. So, i like that yeah, right so loose matches generally have some in inherent value intrinsic value but they're not valued at the same level as a close match so you want to make sure that close matches are higher um, bids and loose matches are lower bids so you want to set the bidding up correctly so that's that's one thing to to note with auto campaigns um but the auto campaigns are amazing for giving you reach right so amazon will show your ads in places that it won't show some of the other ads right even sponsored product manual keyword targeting ads they won't show in all the places whereas auto campaigns can show up on deals pages on you know checkout cards and even off amazon sometimes you know so there's a lot of uh, visibility that you can get uh, that's just just to make sure that you don't overspend you've got to manage your bids people think that it's budgets that control how much you end up spending no that's not true it's the bids you know how you bid your bid optimization fundamentals should be clear like invest uh, invest a little bit of time in learning about that stuff so that you don't confuse bids and budgets uh, don't do budget management do bid management that's more important okay um and then in terms of um like how much to set aside uh, there's a simple way of understanding budgets and it's based on the concept of conversion rate so I'll, I'll just explain that it's a little bit mathematical but i'll just try to explain it as easily and simply as i can let's say your conversion rate for your product is five percent okay this means that um out of 100 people that you send to your product detail page five of them will buy Right. In other words, out of every 20 people that you send your page, one person will buy. So 20 means 20 clicks. 
20 clicks, which means 20 clicks. Uh, if your average cost per click is a dollar, you're basically spending $20 to make one sale. That's just how the math is for a conversion rate that's sitting at 5%. So if you don't have um, even $20 budget, then you're not even going to see one sale from that campaign. It's just not going to happen, right? You just don't have the, the enough cash to, to fund that single sale. Now, if your conversion rate was better, let's say if it wasn't 5%, if it was, let's say 10%, then me, that, that means that you only need to send 10 people to your, your page and one of them is likely to buy. It's just math, simple math. So you're spending $10 to make one sale, right? So if your budget is not even $10, then you're not going to see that sale. But if your budget is, let's say, $20, you might see two, two sales happening from that campaign if, if your conversion rate is 10. So the, the better your conversion rate, the less you need to spend in order to make that one sale or two sales. So you can actually calculate the amount of budget you need to set aside uh, in order to make a certain number of sales. It's just that simple, right? Uh, now, when you start out and you have no conversion rate history, um, people don't know your product, you probably don't even have a good conversion rate, maybe it's 1%, 2%, just assume that it is going to take a while for that to settle down and your conversion rate might improve over time once you build relevancy. But in the beginning, the conversion rate sucks for everybody. It's not just you, it's everybody. Like everybody. Conversion, everybody. You start at a 2% conversion rate even when you have no reviews or you know the product doesn't have any history so you're not going to be able to see a high conversion rate so you will have to budget for whatever number of sales you want just assume a two percent conversion rate that means you want to spend fifty dollars to make one sale that's how much it's going to cost guys that's how it is that's just the math math behind it yes and the more sales you get and the more you please the amazon algorithm the lower your ppc costs are and you know i'm a big fan of a good mix of outside traffic and organic traffic. So it's, it all plays into yeah. the bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah. I love the organic. Uh, so the external traffic is something that it's, it's not my domain, but I, I love, I love the idea of being able to send it. I mean, people are doing a lot of stuff with TikTok and stuff. I don't know if, do you teach TikTok as well, Joey? Yes, we do. We yeah. do. I awesome. teach a lot. I mean, that's how I, I mean, TikTok wasn't really there when I was building my brand is popular, but it's like, I just went zero to a million by doing dialing in my PPC on Amazon, Google ads, Facebook. I did Instagram and a little bit of YouTube and that's Google. Awesome. Yeah. Google ads to me is very important, but yeah. Um, I love to teach all about outside traffic. And I do think if people are struggling with grasping PPC, they need to learn it themselves. Like I always say, learn it yourself, but you don't have to do it yourself. Like they can use PPC Ninja. I like that you have a mastermind even where you help people and you're teaching people specifically how to do ads. Yeah, we do. So the mastermind uh, is, like I said, it's free and we keep doing it every every other month. So, you know, you're welcome. Your audience is welcome to join. It's free. Just go to ppcninja.com and uh, at the bottom you'll see PPC mastermind or you can just directly go to ppcninja.com slash PPC mastermind. <laughs> I know it's a, it's a mouthful, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's a free option. And uh, we, we have our own software, like uh, Joey said. Uh, the software is really great if um, 
you know, if you're looking for a solution where you want to be involved in understanding the numbers and actually making changes in bulk and stuff like that, we give you bid optimization recommendations daily. And then we also uh, can automate them on your behalf if you give us instructions, which means the software will say, okay, we're going to just automate this thing for you. Uh, but for people who want to have more control over uh, doing things themselves, you can do that very fast. It's almost like how do I put this? It's on, uh, it's like uh, Excel on steroids. <laughs> you, know, oh. like you can see it's a spreadsheet, you know, it's like spreadsheets after spreadsheets and you can, you can select your filters, your columns, your headers, etc., and then find the, you know, opportunities like all, give me all the keywords that had an ACOS less than 5% and boom, you'd get a list of all the keywords. Or if you want, um, give me all the campaigns that had, uh, that had a budget more than X and a cost less than Y and, you know, whatever. And, and you can just do like uh, bulk operations and um, very fast kind of just change everything right in the UI and it gets synced to Amazon in under a minute. So it's got lots of fun, fun features that I really love. So uh, you're welcome to try it. And for your audience, we can actually extend the free trial. We have a free trial of 15 or 14 days. Yeah, or we can extend it to 30 days uh, just for your audience, Joey. Oh, thank you so much. We'll put the link to that in the show notes. Thank yeah. you. That's quite an offer. And now I completely understand why it's called PPC Ninja. <laughs> I love it. Well, before we say goodbye, is there anything else that you would like to share? Um, well, I, yeah, I, I would just say that, you know, I know PPC is pretty daunting. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I really love, but I know that a lot of people hate. So <laughs> Um, yeah. You know, there's that, uh, there's this huge barrier to kind of making friends with PPC. So I would just say that, uh, you know, if you want to make friends with PPC, uh, definitely invest in, uh, in learning about it deeply before you kind of give up or uh, give it on to somebody else. Uh, it, it is definitely interesting that uh, Amazon does not uh, function anymore without PPC. <laughs> like there used to be a time that it, you know, you could function fine without PPC with just external traffic or just your own kind of email list or whatever. It doesn't work that, like that anymore. So definitely uh, invest in yourself and uh, learn the basics um, and, and ask the community. It's a really uh, nice giving community and someone will be able to help you for sure. So yeah, and if you need any help from me, I'm always available. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, my um, handle is my full name, R-I-T-U-J-A-V-A. -A, and I'm happy to engage with you there. I love it. Awesome. Well, this has been really insightful and I'm so thrilled that you're going to present for our AMC Insiders community as well. So I'm looking forward to yeah. that presentation. I'm so looking forward to it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. Well, until next time, Ritu, stay fearless. If you're already selling on Amazon or you're looking to get started and you want my help, go to amzfearless.com to book a free strategy selling session, we can see if we can help you out. That's amzfearless.com. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. Until next time, stay fearless. Fearless.